Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Good morning. Kids, you are uh, dismissed to Children's Church now. If it hasn't already gone, did we show that up yet? There you go. Are they out of here? Did they go, Shannon? They ran right by you. So glad you all are here. So, so if you wondered if Joe Ed bathed, he at least we saw him holding in his hand. So we got we got that much going for us. So, but Joe Ed gave us an example of soap, which is we talked about last week in the kickoff of this series in our extraordinary New Testament challenge is this idea of you can read the scripture, that's the S in soap. You can make an observation based on what you just read out of scripture, that's the O. You make an application out of that, what, so what, what can I do about this, what does God want me to do about this? And then the P of soap is the prayer that you offer. So it's pretty easy, as you saw. And uh, if you are on social media or you get our e-news, as you're reading through this, if you're participating with us in this uh, New Testament challenge, reading starting last week, through all the way up to Easter, reading the entire New Testament. As you're doing these, if you have a soap that you want to share with us, put it on Facebook at at our Valdosta page or our Solomon's Porch page or through our e-news, and we'll we'll share it out there with others, and you'll encourage people. Because what I found is I can read the same passage that someone else could, and and, and we would come up with two different things. That's how the Holy Spirit of God works, is he teaches us things. And so you might hear something that I need to hear, but I didn't pick up. So let's do that together as we are on this challenge. And if you did not get a reading plan, uh, were they in the connection cards today? Were they? If they weren't in the connection cards today, which I don't think they were, but we do have some. So if you need a reading plan, they'll be down in the lobby uh, as you leave this morning with a reading plan for, we read about three chapters a day. And they're coming to us. Who's getting them on their phones through Facebook or email? It's a great way to be reminded that we're doing this. Uh, Going to, as a whole church, read through the entire New Testament uh, leading up to Easter. So today, the idea of this series is, is that um, Jesus takes ordinary things. We saw that last week with communion. Jesus takes ordinary elements like bread and juice or wine as he had, and he, he flipped it on its head and he turned them into extraordinary elements as he presented communion, as he presented the sacrifice of his body and blood for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And he takes ordinary elements and he makes them extraordinary. And so that's why we're calling this series Extraordinary. And today I want us to look at this idea, this actually reality that Jesus presents to us of extraordinary hospitality. Hospitality. Now if I were to ask you what hospitality meant to you and you were to give me a definition, it could be a lot of different things. It, it, it could be like the handshake or you know, offering someone, uh, you know, being really friendly to them. Maybe you invite them into your home. Maybe you give them a gift basket. You, know, you bake them some cookies, you know, something like that. Hospitality. I think uh, some of you know this, that uh, I worked in the food service industry for a while. I worked at Olive Garden for a few years. And I think everyone should either be in the military or wait tables some point in your life because you learn how to take it with a smile on your face. And you learn how to serve other people, and you learn how to do that. I think you learn a lot in serving others with really nothing, no promise back to you. Maybe a tip if you do a good job. But I worked at the Olive Garden, and for a long time, the corporate uh, vision, the corporate logo, it was on our green buttons with our name on it, was Hospitaliano. 
they took the word hospitality and Italiano and they, they merged them together. And it was their thing. It was, it was everywhere. They talked about it all the time. Somebody at some office somewhere came up with it and it was the new thing. And that was Hospitaliano was all about the Olive Garden. And, and their thing was, you know, you go through training and, and um, you know, within one minute you should be greeted uh, at your table. Of course, you're greeted at the door. They open the door for you, Hospitaliano. You get to the table, uh, they greet you within a minute, hospitaliano. Get those breadsticks on the table, hospitaliano. Warm breadsticks, hospitality. Um, that constant service was what they did. And they even found a way to work hospitality into their birthday song. You want to hear it? From the pasta we make to lasagna we bake, da-da-da-da, wishing you a happy birthday. And then someone in the background goes, birthday, hope you will remember this fun event forever, wishing you a happy birthday. It's like family and friends at the Olive Garden and the true Italiano way, three, four. When you're looking for some fun, try Hospitaliano, have an Olive Garden day. Thank you. Hospitality. And here's what it usually looked like, though, because here's what you'd have to do as a lowly server. You stand in the galley with a, with a cake on there and the plates and everything going, I need singers, please. All the other servers, I need singers, until you get enough that you think can come and sing that song with you. And they go to the table, and they think you're doing this great song, but the reality is as a server, you're like, as towards the end of the song goes, you're like, have an olive garden day, because you're already running off to your next table. So hospitality, I scared poor Justin. Was that, did I scare him? Justin, did I scare Dawson? It happens. My singing scares children. It's. <laughs> and adults, Alan says. It's a gift, it is a gift. They worked it into their song, the idea of hospitality. Now, whether we meant it or not, whether we felt it or not, whether it was really even the person's birthday or not, some of you have been guilty of this. It was kind of like a forced hospitality, right? Forced hospitality. Jesus presents us with an extraordinary opportunity for hospitality. Now, if you were to walk in the door today and I was to give everyone a slip of paper and said, hey, give me your definition of hospitality. It would be like what, the baking of cookies, the, the saying hello, the being friendly, the inviting someone to dinner. You know, it could be any of those things. I want us to look at three different verses in Matthew chapter 8 today, which is part of our reading in, of, of this week. And I want you to see how Jesus takes ordinary hospitality and he makes it extraordinary. And I want you and, and myself, this is what I've been chewing on this week, is how can I, how can God bring this to life in my life. So let, let's look together at first in Matthew 8, uh, verses 2 and 3. And it says this. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him, talking about Jesus, and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Now the extraordinary hospitality that you see here, that I see here, is in verse 3 when it says that Jesus reached out and touched him. Jesus reached out to an untouchable and touched him. 
That's extraordinary hospitality. That's going above our, what we would call, normal response. This goes beyond our comfort level. Jesus reached out and touched an untouchable person and healed them. In, ver- in verses 5 and 7 of Matthew 8, it says this, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Now, what, what you could read going on from here is actually Jesus doesn't end up showing up. The, the Roman soldier goes, Listen, I, I'm a soldier. I have people under me in rank, and I tell them what to do, and they do it. And I know that you have authority, and you can just say that he's healed, and he'll be healed. And Jesus goes in this long thing about the faith of this soldier. But I want you, what I want you to see here is that Jesus was willing to go to heal him. It's extraordinary hospitality. Go down to verses 14 and 16, also of chapter 8 of Matthew And we see this, when Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her, Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. So Jesus was at the home of someone, and he healed her. He touched her and healed her. Word got out. People all came to the house, and he healed the people. He cast out demons and healed them. He took ordinary hospitality, and Jesus makes it extraordinary. Now, remember I said, if I were to give you a piece of paper on your way in here and say, write down your definition of hospitality, if I were to say, hey, give me some verses out of the Bible that talk about hospitality, I don't know how many of us would have gone to Matthew 8. I don't know how many of us would have chosen it. Now, if I'd said, hey, will you, find, will you tell me a place in, in the Bible that talks about healing? Talks about casting out demons. It co- talks about these, these miracles of Jesus. You might go to Matthew 8. You might offer that as a place to go. But here we are looking at Jesus doing miraculous things, but they were hospitable things. They were things that went beyond the norm. And they were extraordinary. And you see him practicing extraordinary hospitality with people who were untouchable people who were ill, people who were mourning, people who were so, so sick, people who were on their deathbed. And he exemplified extraordinary hospitality. Extraordinary hospitality. And so what happens is all of these assumptions of what hospitality are really get turned on their head. And this is what I've been thinking about. This is what I've been chewing on, is what these standards of hospitality that I might have are different than what Jesus is living out, or what Jesus is showing. And as a follower of Christ, if we call ourselves Christians, if we're followers of Christ, then we should be doing as Jesus did. And he went beyond what was comfortable. He exemplified extraordinary hospitality. He went to the least. He went to the lost. He went to the hurt. He he went to those... That, that, that had no connection with him prior, and he offered his life to them. That's extraordinary hospitality. That's extraordinary hospitality. And here's what I think about, because this is what I've been kind of, you know, mulling over, is this idea of hospitality. And these verses in Matthew 8, how, does, how do they connect? Because I have to be honest with you, some of you, naturally or supernaturally, God-given, have the gift of hospitality. Some of you are excellent at welcoming 
of, of showing, uh, of showing uh, love to others, of, of baking the cookies, of writing the note, of, of showing up. Some of you are fantastic at this. And others of you might be my, like me, and you're like, I can't really do that, but I know people like it, so maybe it'll rub off on me. You know, you hope you catch it. Some of you have this gift. But even at my very best, even at my very best of hospitality, my very best um, example, my very best effort of hospitality, it falls so very short because, and this is what I want you to think about today, because I do what makes what's in my comfort range. I do what's in, in my comfort zone of hospitality. If it goes beyond my emotional capacity for that day, for that moment, then I might not practice a, a extraordinary hospitality because maybe I'm, I don't got it. I don't have it. Physically, my physical capacity, if I'm worn out, then, then I'm not going to do it. Maybe spiritually, if it's beyond my emotional, that, that capacity, that spiritual capacity, then I might not practice that extraordinary hospitality. Jesus was not limited by these things. And the challenge for me is to not allow what, I, what is ordinary in my life to stop from Jesus manifesting his extraordinary desire in my life. Does that make sense? Some of you are going, maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be held back by myself and when in regard to hospitality that's where it is it's I have a comfort zone that I'm that I'm willing to function in and so you know giving the person five bucks or 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 handing out the one meal or doing it in my comfort zone I'm thinking yeah I'm, I'm pretty hospitable but it's not extraordinary and Jesus calls us to a life of extraordinary hospitality if you uh if you and I are connected on Facebook, then you might have read something that I shared on Christmas evening. Um, and I wanted to share it again because to me it is the perfect example of me functioning in Shannon ordinary hospitality. Yes. And instead of what Jesus wanted to do. So I want to share that again. Um, after an afternoon of four-wheeling on, on Christmas Day um, out by the Arkansas River, it was beautiful, it was amazing, the foothills of the Ozarks, we uh, went to IHOP for dinner. And um, so we, we go into IHOP, and while waiting to be seated, because uh, there's a lot of people wanting to go to IHOP for Christmas dinner, and um, I noticed a lady sitting there by herself in just total, complete, like, Christmas garb. I mean, this lady was festive. Jingle bell earrings. I mean, she had the scarf. She was, she was all about Christmas. She, she had it. And I noticed that she was there before us when it was time for her to go up to the host. She asked for a table for one. And immediately my heart just kind of hurt because she looked around the age of my recently deceased mom. And so I just kind of made that connection. And I was like, oh, you know. And, and so I just kind of sat there for a minute. And, and after she was seated, I went up to the host and I said, you know that lady you just seated, you know, yes. I said, would you send, would you please send her bill to our table? Um, and he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And, and, so, and so I'm feeling pretty good about myself, i got to tell you. <laughs> feeling pretty hospitable, you know, paying for someone's dinner, you know, on Christmas. You know, Jesus is probably like, oh, my Shannon, how I adore thee, you know. <laughs> 
And so we go to the table and we sit down and everything. And my niece, Avery's with me. We're, we've been riding four-wheelers all day. We're dusty, you know, we've been out and got Mallory and my nephew, Cade, who's a little bit older than Mallory. And so we're kind of a, a ramshackle bunch here, you know. We're not, the, we're not all decked out like this lady was. So why in the world would she want to come and sit with us anyway, right, you know? Because I think to myself, you know, yeah, she might be alone on Christmas, but maybe she wants to be alone. You know, maybe she had 500 people at her house that morning. You know, maybe she had everyone over, and, and she just wants to go and have some pancakes by herself for a little while, you know. Some of us would enjoy that, just you and some pancakes, right? It's, and, so, and so I'm thinking, I'm not going to infringe on her, you know, so we'll just pay for her meal because that's in my comfort zone, right? Now, if that had been a party of 20... That's not really in Shannon's financial comfort zone. But I'm feeling pretty good about one lady. You know, I'm thinking she's not going to do the super tall stack. So we're good. I can, we can handle this. So when we're sitting there, I have my, my 10-year-old niece, Avery. I said, Avery, why don't you draw her a picture? And so instead of the bill, you know. So she gets a piece of paper out. And I said, just draw a Christmas scene. So she draws a nice fireplace with a tree and one stocking over the fire, which I didn't think about until later. I was like, oh. But, and and she, wrote Mary, she wrote Merry Christmas. And then underneath she wrote Merry Christmas and God loves you. And so we gave it to the host. And we said, you know, whenever she needs the bill, would you give her this? So I'm feeling really good about myself now. I mean, so much so that I posted it on Facebook, but um, so I'm feeling pretty good about this, how hospitable I'm being. And, and then I thought to myself, okay, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe she was getting away from people, but you know what? Maybe the very thing that she needed was to sit at a table with seven dusty people and, 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 you know, to hear me say, Mallory, sit down, Mallory, sit down, Mallory, sit down. Mallory, please close your mouth while you're chewing. Mallory, sit down. Kay, would you please quit bothering Mallory? You know, and maybe, maybe that she would have loved that because she had nobody. Maybe that would have been like the best Christmas present she could have had was to sit with a family. And as I, I put in my posts that night, the reason I was so initially drawn to her was because, as many of you know, my mom passed away suddenly right before Thanksgiving. And I would have given anything to have dinner with my mom one more time. And then it really struck me this week, thinking about that story, thinking about hospitality. If, if in some miraculous way, God said, Shannon, I'm gonna give you one more dinner with your mom. And my mom came into the IHOP that night. You know what I would not have done? is I wouldn't have had her go sit across the restaurant and just paid for her bill. I would have invited her to the table. See, what, what we did on Christmas was, it was nice, but that's pretty ordinary. What would have been extraordinary is for us to say, ma'am, you don't know us, and you probably don't, you're probably never gonna wanna know us after you spend a meal with us, but would you like to sit down with us and have Christmas dinner over some pancakes? and ask her about her life, or not. Tell her about ours. It's one meal that could have been extraordinary. And you know what? In, in her moment, in her place, in her time, that could have been extraordinary. I don't know. For her, because I will say the server came to our table later, her server, and said, were you the people? And we said, yeah. And he said, she was absolutely blown away by that gesture. 
because she's been at the movies. She's stayed at the movies all day. She watched three different movies back to back to back because she has no one. I think she would have accepted the invitation to come and sit at our table. But that alone was a gesture that touched her. So maybe in her world, that was extraordinary. But I know that in my world, as a follower of Jesus Christ, that was ordinary. And I had the opportunity, we had the opportunity to practice extraordinary hospitality that day, and I missed it. And I offer that example because I think for a lot of us in here, I mean, look out, you're good-looking people, you're nice people, most of you are pretty friendly. And I think it's within most of us, naturally, to be somewhat hospitable. Buy a meal. Help someone out. But to practice the extraordinary hospitality of Jesus. That's, what, that's why we're reading through the New Testament. It's to be reawakened by the word of God. It's to read it and go, you know what? Jesus, he, he, he exemplified the extraordinary hospitality that he wants each and every one of us to be a part of. You know, and it wouldn't have been the end of the world. It wouldn't, have, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been so horrible to say, ma'am, would you like to join us? And she might have said, no, thank you. And that can be okay. But I want to be willing. I want to be willing as a follower of Jesus to offer extraordinary hospitality. To offer that. Because I think that's what we're called to. I think that's what we're called to. I don't quote myself. That's, that's just the epitome of narcissism. So I'm going to say that what I wrote that night must have come from the Holy Spirit because I'm about to quote it. Because I ended that post with this. I'm reminded again tonight that where my comfort level ends is usually where Jesus' begins. Where my comfort level ends is usually where Jesus' begins. And that's stepping into the extraordinary life that he calls for us. Because some of you are really good at what you would call ordinary. And I look at you and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. There's things that Allison Crenshaw does. And she is so hospitable and loving and compassionate. I'm like, I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> but you, you know what she's doing right now? Shaking her head going, no, no, that's just ordinary for me. I know there's some extraordinary. I'm not picking on you, Right? Some of us are like this. We have the opportunity to step into the extraordinary life that Jesus offers to us. That's why we're reading through the New Testament. It's to be inspired again or inspired for the very first time as we look at his word and go, what is the example Jesus set for us? What is, are the examples that he gave to his church that we can step into, not for our glory, not so we can tell good stories, but so that other people will go, what's going on with you? Why are you so different? Why are you responding differently? Why, why, are you, why are you hopeful in darkness? And then we're able to say, because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. And he's extraordinary. And I'm just trying to live that life. Where our comfort level ends is usually where Jesus' begins. And my challenge for me, and I offer it to you, for each every one of us just to take that one little step out of our comfort level this week. In regard to hospitality, say, what do, you, what do you need? What do you need, Jesus? 
and just see what he does. And just see what he does. Here's a, a couple of so what's. Because I think the application is important. A couple of questions I wrote down for you to ask yourself that I've already asked myself. And, and let the Holy Spirit answer these for you. Or, or maybe he already has been as you've been sitting here listening. But the first question is this. When is the last time I practiced hospitality? When is the last time I practiced hospitality? And the follow-up to that is this. Was it extraordinary or was it easy and comfortable? So there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus calls us to more. The third question, when was the last time I could have practiced extraordinary hospitality, but I didn't? I just shared one of those examples of mine with you. And the fourth question, and this is a, a multi-pronged one, but it starts this way. How can I practice extraordinary hospitality at work? Here's a tough one. Are you ready? At home. With a neighbor. You know that person that you wave to before the garage door shuts? With a friend. And with a total stranger. Because I believe the opportunities are always there. You know, we don't, we don't find in the scriptures where it says, well, Jesus took a day off today because nobody needed him. Nothing happened today, diary, that's going to turn into, get canonized to be a Bible one day. Nothing really happened. Nobody needed Jesus. People need Jesus every day, in every moment of life, in, every, in good and in bad, in ugly and in beautiful. The need is there for the extraordinary love and compassion of Jesus Christ. And you and I, we have the opportunity to be part of that. We get to receive it from him first. And then we get to live that out. And like I said, it's not for our glory. It's not, not so we can post it. It is for the glory of God. It is for the purpose of the kingdom. It is because God is calling people to him to say, you are mine. I love you. Come home to me. And we get to be part of that extraordinary life. Let's pray together. Thank you. Lord, thank you for making us uncomfortable today. Through my singing and through your work. God, the reality is, is that, that, that your word should not just make us feel all warm and toasty, all, all, all bundled up and, and everything's great, Lord. Your word should challenge us. Your word should cause us to look into a, a real mirror that goes into our heart, into our soul, and reveals who we are. God, and I pray today that, that by your Holy Spirit's work that, that you would show us the ways in which we can live in, a, in an extraordinary life. Not for our sake, but for yours. God, I pray today that you would minister to the hearts of your people who are in need of this exact extraordinary hospitality we've read about, that need it desperately, that need to know you are present, that need to know you hear prayers, even the kind of prayers that, that, that can't be repeated in public because they're, they're, they're so painful, they're so hurtful. God, that you are present. Lord, that you, you haven't forgotten any, any one of us pray you would remind us of that today, Lord, that you would, you would give us that hope and that purpose. 
extraordinary life offered through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we get to call you Lord. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.